How many mics do we? Government, the other day. Uh, right it away, right it away. Funky on the mic like an old batch of cops. my mind can't remember how many asteroids are still at heart. And no one's from the old school. Cause rapper's still a brand new tool. I say, You are now entering the same old new school. I am Idris Goodwin, joined, of course, Kevin Koval, your co-host. Idris, it's always a pleasure to see you, my guy. Oh, absolutely, brother. So real quick, off the rip, uh, I saw you two days ago in the virtual space when we had the esteemed pleasure of hosting a very special event, uh, the 20-year, 20, 20, I guess it's not an anniversary. I mean, how? what do you guys say? Yeah, no, we call it an anniversary, 20th year, I don't know, you know. Um, of of louder than a bomb, the Chicago Youth Poetry Festival, and but it's more than like, like I don't want to sound foul, but like it's more than just a poetry festival. You know what I mean? Some people might hear that and be like, poetry festival. It's more than a poetry festival for me. It's like some. It's like a hip hop event. Oh yeah, no, clearly. I mean, it's it's rooted in the same kind of you know breakbeat poetics that brought us together in the first place. Uh, you and I, of course, have been co-hosting this this event for many many years and. You know, Vocalo and WBZ have been big supporters over over the last. You know, I don't know, man. Like, you know, over over the run of uh, uh, over the run of the festival, they've really put on for young people in the city and made sure uh, the voices at the festival get put out into the world. There's there's an ongoing archive of some of the top poets from the year's festivals going back probably 15 or more years on. Uh, WBZ.org, uh, you know, on, right. on their website, yeah. and and Vocalo has been a big partner in that. So yeah, man, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, we're, we're, you know, the you know, you and I, of course, kicked it off proper. We little, kicked it. We did our little thing for the culture. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was really, it was good. It was good, man. And, uh, no, yeah, I loved it, it, man. I loved it. And uh, and speaking of Vic, you were just talking about Vic. I mean, Vic was a judge, and he he laced the community with some bars, and uh, it was it was real dope, man. So. Um, so year yeah, 21 Jamila Woods was the halftime Jamila Woods, Jamila halftime Woods show. just laced yeah. it uh, I was told earlier that I should not be saying using the term bodied or like body bagged like something oh, word? yeah because oh, like it's yeah. kind of like fam have you seen more what's been going yeah. on out here yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah. Like, okay it's fair that's, that's um, fair it's the so, same yeah I, I love learning about words I love that actually like as like someone who loves language that yeah. to get put on to words that actually like are not only problematic, but just shouldn't be used. I remember like, this is years ago now, but I remember uh, the good Dr. Lisa Lee was like, yeah, you know, you shouldn't work. You shouldn't use the word seminal. You know what I mean? Something Semin- about like, like yeah, yeah. Seminal. No, yeah. Yeah. Seminal record from. Exactly. Cause it has to do, it's like, you know, something about masculinity comes like the root semen or something like that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so right, I, well, I, well, I don't even use that word. So I just think the ancestors kind of hit me to that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yo, but we got to get into it. We got a lot to cover tonight. Uh, but first things first, you know, last show we uh, started, you know, with some unfortunate news about Fred the Godson. In that time, uh, we lost another hip hop icon. The, the the causes of death are not known, so I don't know if this is a, a coronavirus related. But nonetheless, it's equally tragic. Is uh, the rapper Steezo, who was like a late eighties, early nineties. He was down with EPMD, and um, he had like he had like one he had one record. He had one song, but it was it was dope. Like he was that dude for a moment. Loved to wear like used jeans and like had the the used jean suit and all that. And um but anyway, I remember really liking that artist. And uh and we lost him. He was young too. He was only like 51 something like that. Yeah, man. No, rest in peace. He he was 
he reminded me like a little of Hammer before Hammer hit big. Mm-hmm. You know, he had like a similar kind of entertainer energy. Um, and and I think wore like damn near similar pants. I feel like, you know. Yeah, no, it was very colorful, very colorful cover. Uh, very, very like, you know, uh, it's my turn. I think that's what this song was, it was called. It's my turn. The rest of these man, it's, it's, you know, 51 is obviously mad young. And it's, you know, just as dudes come in and out of the culture and as people pass, like it's it's something that now the culture 40 plus years in is going to start to face more and more. Obviously, we've lost, you know, some some legends and some heroes. Yeah. And now this is, you know, I mean, I guess this is the thing about about living, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah. So rest in power to Steezo. Yeah. Uh, crank, you know, find, you know, Google Steezo, crank, crank his jams. And, um, you know, let's uh, let's keep this moving, man. Let's enjoy this life. So we're going to we're going to get into it. We got a lot to cover. Um First things first, have you watched uh, episode, did you watch episode three and four of The Last Dance, the Chicago Bulls documentary? Indeed. I've, I've honestly, I'm now caught up to where we're at. So I'm actually, okay. I, yeah, I've seen, I've seen five and six too. But yeah, man, I mean, these are powerful episodes. I mean, yes. the documentary I think is doing, yes. you know, some pretty important work. I know that uh, these three and four episodes, you know, resonated with you in part because you are a Detroit born That's and right, bred man. young man. Absolutely. That was a 80, 87, 88, 89, 90, like important years for young good when I was like 11, 12, 13. And uh, that was when, you know, the, the Pistons, the bad boy team, you know, was really dominant. They were this scrappy team that was disrupting. They were they were disruptors. And so that's kind of how my spirit is very much shaped by that team. But they were a true team team. They were underdogs. And uh, and man, you know, and so there's there's a lot, you know, it's it's funny in that documentary to see how shook they had the Bulls, man. They were really breaking them down, and they still hold the grudge to this day, man. I'm like, get over it, guys. Dang. Jordan and Isaiah, Jordan and Isaiah. That is so funny. The the kind of on camera interaction beef between them is hilarious but I, I know that that you know in particular one of the things that this episode focuses on is the 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 icon that Dennis Rodman became right. and I know that I know that this that that Dennis Rodman's figure had a, a profound influence on us individually uh, you know, yeah you know it's crazy so for me when I think of Rodman I only think about when he was on the Pistons right that's the era that I was like, because he was on that team. But then watching it, and and I think you and I were talking before this episode, I remember like I had just moved to Chicago right around when they drafted him. And I remember when he dyed his hair and people were calling him Demolition Man and stuff from that Wesley Snipes movie, which is totally random. And uh, at the time, uh, I was hanging out with, um, she was, she was a, 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 a girl I had gone to high school with her younger sister had just moved to Chicago. And so she was hanging out. I, I would have been there already a year or so. And so I was another person from the same town. So she used to hang out with all of us and she had dyed hair, like colors, different colors every, every, you know, couple months. And she started dyeing all of our hair. And so sure enough, you know, I was making all sorts of bad decisions in those days. And I was like, Hey, you know, that's what we doing. That's what the brothers is doing now. And I just remember somebody on the street. So it wasn't necessarily because of Rodman, but it was just in the sort yeah, of zeitgeist, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but you, so you, you dyed your hair blonde. 
Oh, I had all torso types of colors. Oh, Man, the, first, the first time, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know what was going to happen. And so it came out like, it, it was like crazy looking. It was like Ronald McDonald, like like fire orange. Like it looked crazy. And then we started kind of getting it better. And at one point, it was really nice. It was like a really nice, even like blonde, like platinum. Blonde. Like, you know what I mean? I started kind of getting into it. Um, but then it, it started really ruining it's probably why I'm bald now, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I don't. I never dyed my hair, but so I don't know what my excuse is. But I, I, I love the way Rodman played, and I, oh, I think I modeled, best. I modeled my own game after his in oh, a lot of ways because I, I didn't have much of an offensive game, but I worked hard in order to get playing time and to be good and tried to shut it down defensively and try to just you know use your body as as as, as a tool and and you know rebound and throw you know like yeah. you know try to you know, dive for loose balls and just kind of be yeah. a little yeah. bit like unconcerned with what was yeah. going to happen to your body because you were in such in physical it, right. condition. You were in it. You were, it didn't really matter, you know? Yeah. Um, but the, the other thing that I, that I, I really, you know, is find uh, compelling about Rodman is that he was one of the first big public figures that I think hipped at least my, uh, I think a lot of us to the, like, like sexual fluidity. Um, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. gender bending and, and things like that. I mean, I, I, I was at the time he was, and they showed like Excalibur and some parties from yeah, Chicago, yeah. you know, scenes that I remember as, as mm. kind of a kid, you know, I was just mm. like in my early twenties or something like that when Rodman got here and remember him seeing him like on the party scene in the clubs, like the, the house music scene that I was going to every now and again, you know, you got word that he was coming or around or mm-hmm. what have you. And, and I remember like he, you know, like even in that time, like, you know, who he had next to him was queer folks and trans folks yeah. and just his posse, you know, yeah. was, was very much like ahead of its time. Right. Um, and, you know, this is 20 plus years ago. And, yeah. you know, I don't know if we had all the language that we have now no, for we did it, not. but 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 it's, it's I think it's remarkable um, yeah. his his kind of uh, you know just just kind of reconciling himself in the public view and not really giving a shit what you know the world he has was to say he about was him. of this moment he was ahead of his time he really yeah. was like as a as a as a cultural figure like he was really he was he was in terms of you think about where you know particularly African American figures are in terms of like liberation. You know what I'm saying? He was really ahead of it. Like, and, and there was no one else really. I mean, you had like Prince, you had these real sort of out like outliers or just people who were so defined and just sort of had managed to figure it out, but especially not no sports figures. I mean, no, I mean you had people no. who were a little flashy, but you know, he was he was really all that. But if you look at his whole trajectory, I mean his his journey to the league made no sense. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. He was, he was, yeah, he had a, he had a wild, wild ride and a wild life, man. So that, and, but here's the thing, man, cause this is a hip hop, you know, we talk about hip hop. Like I, the one thing I didn't love is he was not a, not a hip hop fan, but was a fan of dance music. So I think people forget that, that even all that electronic music also comes from hip hop too. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I feel you. He, he, he's a wild dude, but yeah, definitely like one of, you know, someone who unconsciously or perhaps like very consciously challenged some of the last bastions of masculinity, you know, like of hyper masculinity or toxic masculinity in some ways, you know, and I think these are things that he wrestled with himself, even in those times. Um, 
But you, but know, you it's look like, at like Odell Beckham. You look at like a lot of these cats now who are like mad flashy. You know, I yes. mean. But look, sure. but we'll we'll circle back because there's like a hell of more episodes on the last dance. But listen, so so yo, if you're just tuning in, this is um, uh, same old new school with Idris Goodwin and Kevin Coble, and we are chopping up the week in hip hop and hip hop related culture, its impact, etc. Uh, next topic, we are going to get into something really exciting, um, which was that recently the Library of Congress uh, just released this program called Citizen DJ, where they're making available just hours and hours and history of, of recorded sound, essentially their audio files. And I've, I've been to the Library of Congress before and spent some time and it's, it's overwhelming. And so now it's all right there. And the intent is for people to use DJ techniques to make new stuff out of them, to make music out of them. It's like over 100 years of recorded sound that they're offering up for producers, DJs, you know, audiophiles to, to use, to sample. Um, so, you know, first of all, I, I think it's pretty, it, it, you know, they, they have what they call now an innovator in residence, Brian Fu, who is a, a B-boy and, uh, you know, is, um, you know, help to propel and put on for this platform. So shout out to him, first of all, yeah. um, and shout out to the Library of Congress for doing this. It, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, this is a space within hip hop that has been um, made to be, it's uh, sampling in, in hip hop has been become criminalized. It's been mm-hmm. uh, commodified. It has been, uh, you know, there's been, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking of like Bismarck being sued oh, yeah, in, in, right. in, you know, in the nineties and kind of making then sampling laws, uh, not having free access to the history of recorded sound after that moment, because the record companies found ways to begin to tax early pioneers, innovators, producers of utilizing collage and pastiche and, and, you know, essentially kids taking records who didn't have access to musical instruments necessarily and using those records then to comprise these, you know, sonic orchestras and then taxing them and and making that a crime. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know what's wild to me? And I, I think, you know, I imagine you were probably thinking the same thing, which was like, you know... This is the thing, because you and I, we navigate a lot of different kinds of cultural spaces and educational spaces, et cetera, right? You and I have probably done a million billion, you know, in hip hop integration projects, every, right? Every other day. And, yeah. yeah. And one of the things that can happen sometimes is that folk continue to kind of keep the culture at arm's length, right? And I'm just hoping I'm I'm more interested in what they do next. Right. Because see, because what it is, man, is like folk don't realize, especially in this moment right now, like this, the whole idea of sampling and DJ culture is to take the old and make it matter again, like revive it, but and make it relevant, really. And so it's it's ultimately in the interest of history. It's also it's ultimately doing the same work as a library of Congress. Um, which is like restoration or, or preservation, actually, but also like revitalization, right? And so, what I'm waiting for is the full-throated, writ large, double-down whole institution from the ground up, built on the principles of hip hop. You know, not just like, hey, we're gonna have a DJ in here and like let some graffiti painters paint the. Wall. It's like, no, like when are we gonna see top to bottom? And you might never even see a DJ in the building. You know what I mean? But I mean, you should. But you know what I mean, though? It's like it's not about like 
hippity hop, hippity. You know what I mean? It's just like the principles. And that's where I think we're at. I, I love I love that you said I, 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 I've thought and uh, and recently I think I told you I heard KRS say something you know similar about about Judaism and its connection to hip-hop and you know hip-hop does what in, in Judaism is 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 midrashic you know of making sense of these old stories but recontextualizing them in the present tense in order to evaluate history in order to bring history present because actually we are forever tied to history and there's no such thing as past and present the past is always with us. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so hip hop does that at a aesthetic sonic level by bringing up, you know, a hundred years ago or sound that was just recorded or an old news reel or what have you and making, you know, making those sound bites bits relevant in this moment. Um, I think that's profound. I, I think, I think you're right. I think that, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about how there are institutions who 40 years in, are coming to accept that hip hop is a viable cultural form, but it's to the you know it's to it, it proves their own late pastness you know yeah. that they they are trying to be relevant, but you know it's it's with a late pass, and so I I, agree. I hope pass. I hope that I hope that there is, uh, but it, but in some ways it's also very exciting, right? Because they have archives and archives, and and I agree it would be profound to see uh, you know producer competitions, you know. Uh, to bring, to utilize democratized technology in the classroom to get young people scoring through the uh, archives of, of history, of re-American history to reconstitute, you know, and sample what, what maybe a, a different path forward might be. Or, you know, uh, there's all yeah, sorts of, I think, pedagogical shifts. Twists yeah, we man, take this is, I mean, this is ultimately why we need, you know, after last week when we talked about AOC's top five, I mean, this is why we need AOC for president, because... You know, we went from like, OK, so Bill Clinton played the jazz saxophone. So it's like, OK, he's he's aware of the existence of black people. Then there's <laughs> then there, then you have, you know, Obama, which is like, oh, he knows who Jay-Z is. And, you know, he'll say, you know, brush it off my shoulders. And we'll be like, OK, OK. But really, like what it it is, is like she's to me so far as the one who's who understands the principles of it, like the sort of community oriented working class roots of it like that's what she extols but she's got the swag of it like she's got the bronx swag too so um but that's the revolution i'm waiting for man is because i i think especially in this moment man because if you think about it right like we have limited resources right now right a lot of people are out of work and they're turning to art and story and the meat in production of a lot of things has slowed down. So what is it about right now? Right now, it's about taking what already exists and freshening it up. You know, I mean, this is entirely a moment where hip hop, the principles of hip hop need to really be looked at. Not even again, not about music, not about dance, but like just the principles about how to build, like how to organize. So anyway, I, I, I think this is a great step. But, you know, as always, I'm like, what are we going to do next? Like, what are, you, what, are, what are you going to make of it? Like, if it's just a cool project, okay, it's just a cool project. But, like, what are we going to what are we gonna go beyond with it? I mean, I, I think one thing I, I'd certainly hope that it does is that, one, it relaxes sampling laws. Um, you know, we, we move towards some sort of common space or common usage, you know, and I know that there are many legal movements and, and lawyers who, who work with musicians in order to create a kind of, you know, common space uh, where people could have access to sound and sound like you don't own sound per se, as long as you cite your resources as maybe an academic would or, you know, you know, what have you. Um, I hope my hope is that uh, 
other spots take notes. You know what I mean? Like it would be ill to have, you know, what, what Madlib did a few years back to run through the blue note stacks and be able to sample. Um, it, or, you know, I, like there's all these Chicago record companies. Like I would love to, you know, Delmark and, and some of like the, the West Side Soul record companies that, you know, the, or Chess Records. Imagine oh, yeah, that's, that's if like now we were able to, you know, re, reconstitute and, and, and teach a new generation about the import of those artists too. I mean, that's that's what you get from sampling, right? Like exactly. you, you Like we were weird. I know about jazz because of A Tribe Called Quest. A Tribe Called Quest, yeah, that's it, 100%. You know? Right. Yeah, all of it, all of it. Yeah, we came up in the best era. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's no debate. It's no debate. Uh, so, yo, y'all, this is the uh, same old new school. On that note, it'll be a perfect time to remind folks this is the same old new school. Kevin Koval and Idris Goodwin building bridges between the past and the present, talking about the week in hip hop. And uh, Kevin Koval. Shout out Vogelo. Shout out Vogelo Radio oh gosh, for, of course, of course, having us on, you know, guests in, in their space on, on the. Uh, Instagram Live. Thank you. Um, also, y'all, make sure I, we want to shout out. Um, we want to shout out all the good folks at Vocalo. We want to shout out also. We have a brand new producer in the mix, Justin Mayer, and shout also Mayer. you know uh, who's making us sound crispy and also you know putting uploading uh, a more finished audio file to to um, Spotify. And also shout out Mariah Newroth who is uh, organizing us to be in the space with Vocalo Radio. So the squad loops. grows, y'all. The squad grows. Yeah, does you not know stop. what I mean? Uh, and we appreciate y'all for, for tuning in and checking us out and sticking with us. Uh, so, so I'm very excited about this last topic we're going to get to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so have you heard, have you listened to the uh, Megan Thee Stallion featuring Beyonce Savage remix? I'm a savage. You already know I have. Yes. I mean, it, it, it is. Uh, how could you not? It was inescapable this, this yeah. weekend. I felt, but when it dropped, it was just, it became kind of the soundtrack. The, yeah. you know, it, it kind of called forth like every everyone to kind of like step their shit up i felt like you know i, I kind of feel like we have that song to blame for all these knuckleheads who was out <laughs> in the streets uh and by the way if you are listening i understand listen i used to live in chicago i know chicago in may i understand i get it you've been cooped up i mean listen even without a covid 19 if you felt like they were, you know it feels like you're in lockdown from like what like October twentieth, the moment the radiators come on, yeah, <laughs> the moment there's like those heat lamps and the CTA stop until May. I get it, but stay your ass at home, please. Otherwise, you're just gonna make this last even longer. Okay, please, sorry. Please stay inside. Also, I'll say, read. There's a great uh, the, the tribe, uh, a Southside News uh, platform and outlet, put out a great longer read about some of the reasons why folks are turning up and also countering some of that negative media attention. I think, you know, like there's been some great memes of police uh, interacting with white folks uh, breaking social distancing norms and uh, folks of color breaking social distancing norms and the different responses then, of course, that you would you would imagine you get from, you know, police. And so I think like it's mm. also, you know, it's just important to contextualize, you know, just the nonsense that uh, oh yeah the disparities no. between the well, reporting listen, on these com- communities of color are getting you know sh- not shockingly are getting hurt the hurt the worst you know what i'm saying so there's also that as well it's like you know anyway but um, you're right stay we stay that aside stay that aside nonetheless uh megan the stallion of beyonce's uh remix the remix to uh to savage so here's the question kevin Koval. 
Does Beyonce have bars? If you don't jump to put jeans on, baby, you don't feel my pain. Please don't give me hype. Of course she does. Of course, first of all, could, no one's gonna say she don't. I mean, yes, she she can rap, like, yeah, and no of course she can rap, like, because she, her phrasing as a singer is also about the manipulation of syllable in a way, and she lives with maybe the greatest rapper alive. You know what I mean? Like, so, and she I mean, came maybe. up, maybe top. I know I put out my top five and I was salty I didn't get Jay in, but today Jay's in my top five. My okay. point is oh, really? this. Who else is in there real quick? Who else is no, in there? No, 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 no. We're, not, we're, we're, no, we're, we're you, talking about people. Bro, you said who's in my top five. No, I, I right now, today, Black Thought, Jay-Z, uh, Saba, Lauren Hill, and uh, Biggie. Today. Okay, good. Okay. Great. Sorry. Uh, continue on. So, Beyonce does have bars. What, I, I think so, yes. I mean, would you disagree? Well, I think it's hard to say, man, because listen, here's my thing. I'm not one of these people that is all like old ghost rider, no ghost rider, but it does put you in a different category. So, yeah. So to your point, like, yes, she can rap like Cardi B can rap. I also love just Cardi B as a celebrity of human. Um, But I will never say that Cardi B has bars. I can say Cardi B is mad entertaining and is dope. So obviously I think Beyonce is dope, but my question is is did she A did she write those bars? And can you and can someone with a ghostwriter does someone who has a ghostwriter have bars? But so can I say so that this might be like where where we defer, I wonder a little bit. Because okay. I now believe in twenty twenty and we've seen this with Drake, we've seen mm-hmm. this a number of times, that there with Kanye, you know, that people do write by committee. You know, that there is a notion of contemporary art, you know, where, you know, uh, you know, Jeff Koons or Hebrew Brantley have like a, a like a studio behind them of people who are help making the product you see that has their name on it. And mm-hmm. so does it make that art any less if Beyonce has assistance? That's not what you're asking. No, that's no, no. I think that's on. a great point. I think that's a great. I think that's well said and a great point. But my question is. I didn't say it's a great art. Like, we know Beyonce makes great art. Like, top to bottom. Like, album yeah. that's all... I'm going to drop all these... Vid- like, no. Beyonce is a problem for everybody. I'm just saying, does she have bars? I'll say this. Is that <laughs> she calls forth uh, a whole history of R&B singers who are rapping. <laughs> yes, you okay. know. And say, and say I think more. that that's I think that that history is interesting, right? I mean, from New Edition, right to Rihanna, Bobby Brown, Bobby Brown. You know, you know who I, uh, I mean? Who are some of the iller like R and B singers? Who, I mean, Mary J. Blige rapped, right? Um, a little taste. Yeah, right. There's there's been these instances. Oh, I'm thinking of well, I guess you know, Bell Bib DeVoe, Michael Bivens was yeah, actually the rapper in the crew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I remember going to the Smoking Grooves tour in 1996, and I'm showing my age. Uh, and uh, it was the Roots, it was Erica Badu, um, and Outkast, and um, and the Fugees. And I remember. Erica Badu all of a sudden started rapping. Well, my name is Apples, and I rock your world. I'm yeah. And I was like, we were all like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. so like, but, yeah, like. But Erica Badu has bars. I mean, Erica Badu like, has bars. Yeah. See, you see the difference though. Yeah. I well, so I you're understand saying Beyonce the question. doesn't have bars. You can say it. Listen, I, Beyonce not, can I, rap, but Beyonce does not have bars. 
I, I'm not going to say that. I, I, I guarantee Beyonce has bars. I just feel like she does. Even maybe if, she even does. if, let's say, maybe even if we're not getting her, because first of all, I mean, I didn't see the the liner. And I didn't see the credits. For, for we're that. just assuming I mean, she didn't write those bars. I'm saying I'm, I'm not. I'm assuming she did. So I'm going to say, okay. yeah, of course, you already know Beyonce has bars. Duh. Um, but I, I think I think that it, it I like I like the history that it recalls and yeah I, th- I think of Erica Badu I think of Rihanna I think I think of of Bobby Brown I guess um, but but that that I like I, my favorite I'll, I'll say this my favorite what you know what what now is considered to be like you know I guess even like in 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 our like that that moment of like '90s R&B I liked best when it was over hip hop a bed of hip hop production Neo and Soul. when but even probably like New Jack Swing, you know? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like where they utilize the same the same drums, um, and but just had a swing, you know? All right, listen, Kev, we could talk about this all night, but I just did a time check. Time Cop just busted in here. Um, oh, damn. Yeah, did a wow. split on the counter and then jumped off the counter and was like, yo, man, you got to wrap it up. So this has been uh, Same Old New School with Idris Goodwin. And Kevin Koval. Uh Live on Vocalo. We're here every Monday. Tune in. Hang out with us. Chop it up with us. Uh, you know, if you want to hear previous episodes, uh, we are on Spotify. Um, again, shout out everybody, the whole team, at Kevin Koval, at Idris Goodwin, at Vocalo. We will see you next time. Peace in the Middle East. Peace.